Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and, of course, learn about their body. I am your host. I am Shemaine Linney. I'm a biohacker, fitness and nutrition expert, and I am very glad to have you back with me for this new uh, week. This is episode 125. Can you believe that? 125 episodes in, and I know a lot of my clients are really going to enjoy this episode because they ask me about this all the time. So this week for episode 125, we are learning about macronutrients. So macronutrients 101, specifically for fat loss. So Before we move on, um, I must state that the information in these podcasts should be taken as informational purposes only and not taken as medical advice. Please consult with your doctor before you take on any health or lifestyle changes. Okay, so this week's podcast, macronutrients, counting macronutrients, who will benefit from them, how do you do it? Now, I'm only focusing on macronutrients for fat loss. I'm going to keep this pretty basic. I'm well aware there are a lot more variables um, within the body that could impact fat loss for someone. But right now, we're just looking at macronutrients and not even the micronutrients so much. So you might be surprised to know or you might not be surprised to know. There are a lot of people out there that don't know what macros or macronutrients are. Um, So I might say to someone, hey, who's counting or are you counting your macros? And they'd be like, what? Macros? What's that? So macros or macronutrients um, they're basically your protein your fat and your carbs so protein predominantly comes from your animal products Um, carbs they're usually your starches your grains your fruits your chocolate your popcorn stuff like that and then fats are going to be more of your kind of nuts and seeds and avocados you can have some creamier cheese will fall into the fat category your coconut your extra virgin olive oil um stuff like that now there is spillover and we will look at that later on in the podcast where um, a protein can be present in a food along with a fat and a carb but we'll look at that in a little bit so who needs to count macros is macros counting for you? Well, this depends on where you're starting from on your health journey and also depends on your individual personality. If you have a lot of body fat to lose, so 80, 100 pounds or more, or you've never tried to cut weight or lose body fat before, then common sense is kind of going to be best there for you. Eat healthier, avoid your sugars, your junk food, move more. If there are underlying health concerns, then you should work with a professional of course but if you're just doing it alone then eating healthier and moving more and avoiding the junkier processed foods is going to be a pretty simple and good start for you 
But generally, most people will find counting macros can be really helpful. Because basically, if you don't have a baseline or a measurement or a starting number to work from, then it can be hard to alter that and know if you're making progress to get to where you want to go. And there's many of my clients that when I get them tracking or counting macros, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that there was so many calories in that, or I didn't know that this food was so high in sugar. And I'm like, yeah, of course you didn't, because if you're not tracking or you're measuring, not measuring, you're just kind of winging it. Um, so what you think is a normal portion might be a big portion to someone who is well experienced um, around nutrition. So like dips and dressing is a common one. What you think is a normal amount may actually be way off a normal amount and is actually adding on a lot of these extra calories um, and even sugars that you're not aware of. Now, even though counting macros and watching your macros is a great tool, it's not always for everyone. If you have a very stressed out lifestyle or you are generally a stressed person or you're very sensitive to stress, then the last thing you want to do is count macros because this will just stress you out even more and then you'll obsess over it and it's just going to add another thing to your plate and it's just not going to be a pretty picture. So this is where personality type plays a big part. I have some clients that love counting macros. Like they love tracking, they love measuring and seeing what they're doing. And they love that this structure and the following orders, it makes their life easier. But then I also have clients on the other side of the coin that cannot get their head around tracking or counting macros and it's a stress it's a chore to them it feels restrictive to them and it's that subconscious restriction and feeling like it's a chore or stress can make everything even worse because someone then will one feel overwhelmed they'll throw in the towel um, and then they'll just eat whatever they want or they'll feel very disheartened Now, understanding that subconscious eating or winging it, that can be a main handbrake to health or cause of people gaining body fat or not seeing um, the results they want or why am I doing this, this and this, but I'm not getting to where I should be. Um, So having the tool of tracking and counting macros can kind of take away all this kind of guesswork when we're counting macros it gives us a fixed number it gives us more structure to stick to and not guess so much counting macros brings a lot of awareness and not only macros but tracking alone it brings a lot of awareness to the foods you are choosing um, how they may be impacting your results and how all those little snacks throughout the day how they add up and have a big impact on body composition And there's one thing to remember, and it goes back to it may not work for everyone and it doesn't work for everyone, is just because it worked for, say, Lisa, does not mean it's going to work for Christy. So some methodologies appeal 
to some people and not to others because of their individual personalities. I like structure, I like having a routine, I like knowing exactly where I am and where the numbers sit and what I'm doing. I like to watch my progress by numbers, but some people don't. Some people will find that very overwhelming and they would rather just track their progress by how they feel or how their clothes feel. It is so individual. There's really in the beginning, I can honestly say there's no right or wrong in the beginning, as long as you're beginning. When you start to work with someone, though, they will start fine-tuning things so that you're not playing against yourself. So when counting macros, you have more control over your daily intake and even your weekly intake. Most people will track their daily intake, but there is the option to to track your weekly intake. So you figure out how, when you count macros, it allows you to figure out how much you need, how much you should be eating per meal, or how much you should be eating per day, and then even how much your weekly food consumption kind of ranges or your goal is. So if you're having 2,000 calories a day, then you're having on average 2,000 calories a week. And this can obviously fluctuate from day to day. And this is where having a weekly average can be helpful to some people. Um, So you have that baseline and you know where you're going and you know how to and where to manipulate your diet throughout the week so that you can stay on track with your targets and your goals. So what I mean is if tomorrow you know is going to be a crazy busy day and you have this, that and the other happening and you have a business meeting and dinner in the city in the evening, then you can manipulate that. You can try save some calories where you can today if you know that tomorrow's calories or macros might be off and then you can try manipulate or redeem some calories the following day so at the end of the week you're still in that average range so counting macros does take time as with anything everything takes time even slowing down takes time it can take time for people to learn to slow down stop and smell the roses we hear it all the time stop and smell the roses time's going to pass you by you can't get it back you're going to miss out on life blah 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 it actually I've found in this day and age, it takes time for people to learn how to slow down and smell the roses. So be kind to yourself. Don't stress if you're struggling for the first while with counting macros. It does get easier once you familiarize yourself with the foods that you like and that you rotate around. And I say rotate around all the time to my clients because realistically, not all of us make big extravagant meals. We're not all trying to be the next Gordon Ramsay. We're rotating between four or five meals a week. Like Monday might be taco salad. Tuesday you might be doing a shepherd's pie. Wednesday might be homemade um, enchiladas and so on and so on. So we kind of just rotate. Once in a while we might throw in a fancy glamorous meal, but really who has time for that nowadays? And we're not doing it. So let's be realistic. So it will get easier once you kind of 
familiarize yourself with the foods you're eating. Um, like anything, it's wash, rinse, repeat. So practice it will get easier and it will also get faster to count macros. So you won't always need to get the scale out or the measuring cup or measuring spoons. The more familiar you become with these foods so you'll be able to look at stuff stuff that you're used to eating stuff that you eat regularly like an egg you'll look at that and you'll say okay one egg six grams of protein four grams of fat Hmm, if I have two eggs, I'm going to have 12 grams of protein, uh, 8 grams of fat, half an avocado, 10 grams of fat. So you get used to looking at certain foods. Then the food you eat on a daily basis, you will start to re remember those numbers and the portions that are right for you and your goals. And then it'll get faster to track macros and a lot easier. So how do we count macros? Well, we all know there's an app for everything nowadays. So there's many apps out there that will help you track and count your macros. You just go on to your app store and just type in macros and you'll get a full list. Chronometer is one I use. It's my favorite. It's one I encourage my clients to use. Some of them use my fitness pal, so of course that's an option. There's others like um, fat, fat Loss Secret or whatever it's called. Um, there's more in the app store. We kind of stick to Chronometer and my fitness pal. You can also take a pen to paper. Um, if you work with a nutritionist or a nutritional therapist or some sort of health professional that has experience in this um, realm, they'll help you how to set up your macros and tell you how to do it and how you could track on paper. Um, one of the best tips I can give for tracking macros is to keep the place where you're tracking your macros consistent. So if you're tracking in chronometer, then you stay with chronometer and stick with their numbers for the foods that you're eating. This keeps consistency where you're counting and gives you more control over variables and it's less stressful. If you track in chronometer, but you look at my fitness pal, they might have different macros for 100 grams of chicken and this could totally throw you off. So just stick with one. So now for the basics for counting macros is finding out your baseline calories first. Um, so you find out your baseline calories for fat loss and then you pick the macro ratios that you want to work with. Um, if you're using an app, an app can tell you. If you're working with a health professional, they will tell you. It can depend on your goals as well. Um, and it can depend on the eating style you like. So keto, paleo, low carb, vegan, they all have different macro ratios. So keto might be a 25-570 split. Uh, I like to work with a 40-30-30 ratio. Then you could otherwise go with a 33-33-33 split. So that is proteins to carbs to fats. So for mine, 40-30-30, that's 40% of your calories are protein, 30 carbs, 30 fat. So you find your baseline and this can easily be found on Google or you can ask a health professional that you trust and again has experience in this sort of thing um, and then you break down your 
ratios. Um, for protein, we do try to keep that, or at least I try to keep that as consistent as possible. And then I'll play around with the carbs and the fats, uh, depending on the person, what I see their body likes or where they're seeing progression and so on. Um, so generally, I, I keep protein around one gram per kilogram of body weight some people will use one gram per pound though it really depends on the person uh their exercise or training routines how much muscle they carry they male or female so there's a lot of variables but for my clients and the type of um clients that come to me I stick with one gram per kilogram of body weight um, and again if I see someone's a bit too low I will tell them to increase it but that's when you're working with someone so find out your body weight in pounds so this is how you find out your baseline calories okay for fat loss find out your body weight in pounds and multiply that number by 10 or 11. And that's the amount of calories you need to consume. If you were just saying maintenance, you'd multiply by 13. And for muscle gain, it, it's between 14 and 16 calories per pound. There's a bigger range there because again it depends on someone's build their physique the type of training they're doing and the goals they have so when i'm working with someone i will figure out what their baseline is and break down the ratios we're going to go with that we've agreed on i'll also add on a little extra deficit to compensate for any macro spillover and I generally will always add on a little extra deficit it's like a safety net so spillover is when one food has multiple macros so like hard cheese can have protein and fat or nuts can have fat protein and some carbs uh, mackerel is higher in fat than it is in protein and all of this can get very confusing um but straight away don't stress about it at all if you're working with a professional they will be able to keep you on track and they should have already taken this spillover into consideration or if you're tracking in chronometer, it will have already broken things down for the most part. And that's why I really, really like chronometer because it is vetted and it is so accurate. So we just want you to get used to tracking and get used to um, the main category that a food will fall into and not stress over spillover. So I provide my clients with a PDF that puts all foods, well, most of the regularly occurring foods that we eat into their categories like proteins, fats, carbs, break them down even more into dairy and so on. But anyway, once you consistently stick um, to this, it will get easier. So don't stress over spillover. A calorie deficit will take care of this. One of the most important things here 
is compliance and keeping your heck in check. So your heck is your hunger, energy, and cravings. So if you're consistently doing, um, showing up for yourself every day and consistently tracking and getting the hang of things and you're enjoying it somewhat and your hunger, energy, and cravings are in check, you will start to see results. Um, And then once you get the hang of things and you're seeing those nice results, you can look at adjusting and tweaking your diet from there. Right, so before we finish up, I do want to, of course, touch on this a little bit. As much as a calorie is not a calorie, is a calorie, and this human body is so complicated, there's a big part of body composition that does come down to thermodynamics. So calories in and calories out. Now I do teach my clients health first and I have many exper- many years of experience with clients. For the majority, I have found to be most effective is a calorie deficit. That's, that can be a main player in fat loss. And then we look at micronutrients or the quality and nutrient density of the food and where it comes from because that's what I believe dictates the hormones and the other variables um, that may be putting a handbrake on your health goals or your fat loss goals. So what I'm saying is a big player is going to come from that calories in, calories out. But then when we try to fine tune things and look at underlying health issues and optimizing health and performance and stuff like that, that's where we look more at the micronutrients or uh, the fairy dust, as I call it with my clients. Um, So if we're looking at fat loss and a big amount of fat loss and you've never done anything before, common sense can go a long way. You got your greens, your protein, and your water. Avoid the junk food and the excess sugars. And then for the health, we're looking more at dense nutrition uh, or your fairy dust. Um, So that is the basics of macronutrients 101 and counting macronutrients and how you do it. And if it's for you, I hope you found it helpful. I hope I answered all questions. If you know anyone that this may benefit, please do share with them and help us reach the masses and make the world a better place because really if your nutrition and your health is good you're going to be feeling better you're going to smile more everyone's going to be nicer it's going to be a better place so I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast I hope you have a wonderful week stay safe get some sunshine if you can and I will speak to you all next week okay bye bye